welcome to Grace to Gather podcast. At Grace to Gather, our goal is to foster the art of hospitality in such a way that we are building community, strengthening marriages and families, serving one another, and most importantly, creating an atmosphere where deeper relationships can thrive. Now, please join us for this week's episode with Damon and Neva. Hi, I'm Damon. And I'm Neva. Welcome to Grace to Gather. So on last week's episode, we kind of gave you the big picture on how to plan and organize a large event. Um, And this week, we're going to get into just a little bit more of the details. So the first thing that we're going to ask ourselves is how far away is the event? Because that's really going to dictate how we're going to plan out our preparation for the event. You know, if you have an event that's a year away, so if you're planning a wedding in a year, then you know, how you um, write your timeline is going to look very different than if you have a wedding in six months, or if you have a large event that that you're suddenly going to be throwing in two months, or, you know, even a month. I mean, I sometimes, unfortunately, we have a family member that um, goes on to be with the Lord, and and we have a short period of time to plan a large event. Um, So, the first question that we're going to ask is, how far away is our event? Yeah, and because um, that gives you, it lets you know how long you have to plan the event. Um, and for those of you who may be procrastinators, now, Neva is a procrastinator, except when it comes to planning big events and things like that, because she knows the importance of, of making sure that you are hitting the steps and being on time with the event. Um, I am a bit of a procrastinator. I, I tend to get um, my best energy at the last minute. But when it comes she, to... She likes to be under pressure. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do pretty well with that. Um, but when it comes to a large event, you really do have to plan it out. And um, you know, even, even with that, I'm sure there's areas that I still tend to procrastinate. But because I have a good plan, I'm able to execute it in a way that is not overly stressful and accomplishes our goal. Um, so I think, you know, the, the next big question to me is, well, what do I do first? Okay. So I have, you know, I have, um, the timeline. I know when it's going to be, I know what the theme is going to be. I know how many people are going to be there. I'm forming a budget. What's, what's the first thing that I need to do? Um, and so we're going to try to begin to take those big picture ideas and bring them down into the details today. And then we'll continue to do that every week moving forward. So the next thing that I do is I create a timeline. So I look at, um, let's say, the 4th of July. We're going to have a party um, you know, for the 4th of July, and I'm going to have about 120 guests. Um, so maybe I've waited to make the decision until March on the 4th of July, which a lot of the time, that's what it looks like for us. You know, we don't do it every year. We generally do it on the years that it's around the weekend. Um, you know, so we'll hold a 4th of July party on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we may not. So um, generally, we're looking at the calendar in March and we're looking at, you know, are we going to have a party this year? So if I know in March that I'm going to have a 4th of July party, then that gives me about four months to plan the event. So that's going to help me know what I need to accomplish every month. And then I break that down into weeks and potentially days as we get closer and closer to the event. Yeah. So when you say you, you create a timeline, 
um, for the event. I, I, I imagine it's kind of similar uh, what we talked about um, about creating a timeline when you're just having people over to your table for the for the evening, how you'd like the evening to go, and then work backwards uh, from that to where you need to start, right? So actually, surprisingly enough, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that I would do that. And when it gets to, if I'm preparing the food, um, then I, I do that. The week before a large event, if I'm preparing a lot of the food, then I do the work backward timeline on food. But I actually pretty much do that more specifically when food is involved in the near future. Uh, so Neva, what is... Uh... After you've created a timeline, what does your uh, to-do list look like? Right. So, um, you know, I just take the things that we talked about last week and I break them down into more detail. So, um, you know, where am I going to host this event? If I know that um, I need a venue, then I'm going to start looking for a venue. That's going to be, you know, one of the first things on my to-do list because venues book up really quickly, um, depending on how far out you are. So then, of course, the venue is going to be determined by the number of people that I have. So that's going to be up there on the top of my to-do list. Yeah, it's what we found in uh, in this this season of wedding planning um, is that the you know venues will book up really fast, uh, depending upon you know the time of the year that you're that you're looking at. I mean, there's there's certain times of the year that are much more popular uh, for you know indoor events and or outdoor events. Um, so you kind of need to be thinking about that, like right off the bat, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that definitely is, um, one of the first things on my to-do list. And then the next thing I'm going to determine is how am I going to invite people to my event? Um, you know, there's lots of options. There's obviously just traditional paper invitations. There's online invitations. You know, there's, if it's, if it's fairly casual, um, just texting people. And so I need to decide what, uh, what type of communication I'm going to use. And um, if it's going to be a traditional, you know, like, so for the wedding, um, this week, Alina has been working on getting the wedding invitations out. You know, you want to, you want to do that um, probably, I would say at least six to eight weeks in advance of your event, depending upon what it is. Yes. You need to think about, you know, your guests and give them plenty of time to, um, to prepare to come uh, to, to an event like that. Right. Absolutely. And an opportunity to RSVP so that you know if your headcount is, you know, right on because you obviously ideally are going to know if you're feeding, you know, 120 or 150 people because it does make a big difference. And so um, the sooner that you can identify that as the host, the easier it's going to be for you to um, prepare in advance and kind of get that stress off, uh, you know, well before your event is getting close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So Neva, so, so what about a theme? Last week you talked about um, a th- having a theme for your party. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, you know, I, to me, any event is going to have a theme, whether it is a wedding and then, you know, it's all about what the bride has in her mind as to what her wedding is going to look like. So that would be your theme um, to a 4th of July party. You know, that would be, your theme. If we're hosting a, um, you know, wine night kind of event, um, then I'm going to use that as the base for my theme. And so it really, you know, just, it depends a birthday party, obviously you're having a birthday theme. So then the next question that I would ask as far as the theme is concerned is what do I need to buy or make in order to facilitate that theme? 
And, you know, so that's where I need to have this planned out pretty quickly for a couple of different reasons. Um, the first reason is because I'm going to get much better deals if I'm able to keep my eye out and, um, you know, shop multiple places. And so, gosh, I happily shop garage sales, thrift stores, um, you know, Facebook marketplace, anything like that. If I can find things there that I, you know, can use, then that to me is the best case scenario. And then also, you know, Hobby Lobby, if I'm going to be purchasing at Hobby Lobby, watching their sales or Michael's, you know, just kind of really keeping my eye out for those sales that are going to come along. Because if I'm going to have a 4th of July um, party, the, you know, month leading up to 4th of July, all the 4th of July stuff is going to be out, but it's going to cost more (laughs) that month of, you know, so if I can buy those things either out of season, or like I said, if I can pick up some things that I like, you know, at a garage sale or a thrift store, um, then that's really going to help me. And then I also, um, which I think I talked about last week, I look at, you know, what can I manufacture out of either something that I've thrifted or something that I already own? Is there, is there a way for me to, um, take something and make it into something else? And so for instance, um, last week we talked about that marriage conference that we did and we had that kind of metallic theme going. And so I actually, um, went and I purchased a number of like clearance off, um, candlesticks, tall candlesticks. And then I went to the thrift store and I found a bunch of plastic plates and I made my own, um, you know, serving, um, platters at different heights that I ran all the way down a long charcuterie table and, you know, I spray painted them. And so it was something, you know, where I just, I got, um, gorilla glue and I glued them and then I painted them. And so, and I've done so many things like that, you know, I mean, that's one example of just really thinking outside of the box in relationship to what your theme is and what you want it to look like, because I'm telling you what spray paint and glue go a really long way to um, creating something that, you know, really looks great. And those, you know, I have all of those platters and I've used them for Christmas a couple of times and we painted some of them for another event, you know, so it was, you know, a pretty, um, low priced, um, do it yourself that has been reused multiple times now. Yes. Yeah. So if you can create stuff like that, then, um, you'll, you'll find other uses for it for other events, you know, all throughout the year or, or, or coming years. And, and I imagine that if you, that if you do it in kind of a, um, a, uh, neutral color, uh, then you just add a little bit of accent to it, depending upon you know, what theme you're doing for that particular event. Right. Sure. You absolutely can mm-hmm. do that. You know, and, and again, it's just kind of thinking outside of the box. I know, um, one year I ran across at a, um, antique store, I ran across these old fashioned berry baskets and they're, um, you know, just a, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the very old fashioned berry baskets. Where Almost they have, like wicker, they're woven kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they have like a metal rim and mm-hmm. they're the neutral kind of, um, you know, color. I mean, they're really, they're, they're fun. And I, um, gosh, I can't even, I mean, I feel like I got about 20 of them for like $5 or something like that. And when I saw that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to use those. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to use them, yeah. but I'm going to use them. She those. is always on the lookout and almost everywhere we go for decor ideas on stuff. So 
Well, yeah. And a lot of the time it's, you know, it's things like that, that I can, um, you know, I can use somewhere somehow, and it doesn't cost me very much money. And so, you know, I have used those for, um, bridal showers for 4th of July and, you know, I mean, just different things. I've thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to pull that out and put this in it. And it's the same thing, you know, with obviously we live on a farm, but, um, galvanized pails and buckets and, you know, I run across, you know, those things. Straw bales. <laughs> we have yeah. used straw bales for <laughs> events too, for yeah. sure. You know, so just um, really kind of, you know, thinking what do I need to buy and how can I, what can I make, you know? And I, I've done things, I've printed things off of the internet and put them in frames that I have. And it's just, you know, I think we think everything we have to just go buy brand new or or whatever. And you surely can if you'd like to, and that's what you want to do. But I'm always thinking about what can I reuse and reuse and reuse? And, you know, if you follow us on Instagram or social media, you see that we're not influencers. I'm not buying new things to bring into my home on a weekly basis. I am some on a seasonal basis, but I've always done that. You know, I come home and Damon's like, oh my gosh, you bought more pillows, you know, and I did that way before we ever started Grace Together. Um, so, you know, um, but I just think that, that hosting an event is so much more about, um, what you're bringing to your guests than it is about how everything looks. Mm -hmm. I want everything to look as great as it can, of course, but I don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars just to make myself look good. Yes. I mean, you always have to remember the heart behind um, any event where you're gathering people uh, together. It's not about showing off um, and, and putting on a big party where everybody says, oh, hey, you did a great job. It's about, you know, bringing life to your community and it's about bringing life into, um, you know, a future couple's uh, relationship. It's, it's what can you, how can you add value to your community and to the people around you. Right. Through serving them. Mm -hmm. You know, so even with um, putting on a wedding, you know, my um, heart has been and what we've talked about with our daughter and future son-in-law is the fact that we can put on a beautiful wedding for them, but there's going to be so much more value for them if their guests walk away feeling so valued. Um, that just does something in your community. It builds something in the hearts of people around you when you value them. And so ultimately, that is very important. We want the bride and groom to have an amazing wedding day, obviously, and to be celebrated. But we want everybody that comes to that event to walk away feeling like, oh, man, that was such a great wedding. Man, we're going to remember the feeling and love and everything from that wedding for years to come. You know, that, that's kind of what I think our heart is. Yeah. 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 Memories are so much more important than, than stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, Levi, I imagine that, um, you know, the different seasons or the time of year or the weather, uh, will play a big part in, um, how you plan out your, your event. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very important. And unfortunately we don't get to control the weather, you know, mm -hmm. so, so we can obviously seasonally have an idea of what it's going to look like. And so I'm going to need to consider, you know, if it's in the summertime, 4th of July, it's hot here in Kansas. A lot of the time it feels like it's literally the muggiest day of the year here in Kansas. Yeah. I don't know why, but it seems like the deep South kind of comes up to Kansas and hangs out on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. um, and so we need to think about cooling down our people. And, you know, we have a pool that kids can play in and 
you know, we just try to, to keep an environment set in the shade and, um, you know, the house cool so that there is heat relief. And then the same thing in the winter, you know, and we just had this party plan this fall. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where the weather just totally wrecked the, you know, the, <laughs> the whole thing, uh, totally made us have to switch gears and, and do something completely different. Um, yeah, we had to cancel a party. It's yeah, the yeah. first time that we've ever had to cancel a party like that. Yeah. Um, and it really was because it was, you know, fall and generally it's beautiful and warm. And suddenly we went into, you know, like 28. The teens. We, the were, teens. we were in the teens. Yeah. Right. And we were having an outdoor event. And yeah. so, um, you know, that was, it was a casual event. So that was at least beneficial. But, um, but we did. We had to cancel and we had to just kind of relook at how we were going to, um, you know, still support the people that were um, coming, our friends mm-hmm. that were coming to play for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we worked it out. But so, you know, I am going to take into consideration what the weather may be to the best of my ability in planning for any event that we are going to have. Yeah, and hopefully um, we, we can invite them back uh, this summer, maybe, uh, and do a, um, a nice outdoor event with them. Yes, we're already talking about that. Um, yeah. Maybe trying to uh, get the techers to come back out and and really do a big shindig with a little more planning. Yeah. Yeah, that will be really fun. We'll keep you updated on that. Okay, uh, moving on to, uh, so what about food? Is, is there going to be food at your event? And, and how, would, how are we going to do that? Right. And I mean, I think almost in some ways it feels like this should be higher up in the list, but actually it's a very important component of our event. But all the other things that we've talked about have to be decided in order to dictate how much food we're going to make. Right. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) Whether we make it or whether it's catered or whether it's a potluck, right? Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, my encouragement to you would be don't allow the food to keep you from having a large event Mm -hmm. because there are always ways to um, lower the budget on the food yet still feed your guests well. And in fact, going back to the party that we were planning with the Tekkas, the night of music, um, because it was such a short um, timeframe Mm -hmm. as far as when we um, the actual planning of it, planning of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just, was like a month and a half or something like that. you know, we hadn't budgeted, we hadn't planned. So it's like, okay, what can we feed a lot of people that doesn't cost a lot of money on a cool fall night? Like what, you know, what's it going to be? And immediately, you know, I thought, well, chili, Chili. (laughs) we're going to do a chili feed. And, (laughs) and, um, that's one of those things where, you know, I had a plan for myself to make a couple of, of types of chili and just have two large crock pots. So four crock pots that I was doing and then I asked my daughters to each um, make a type of chili so we'd have two more. So, you know, we basically were going to have like eight to ten crock pots of chili yeah. to feed the group. And then we were going to do a chili bar. So um, chili is one of the most cost-effective things that you can make. It's mm-hmm. so inexpensive when you're talking ground beef, tomato sauce, um, beans, beans yeah. and spices, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, we were going to do a chicken chili and we were going to do um, a, a venison chili. So Again, we raised those things or hunt those things on our property. So the meats were available to us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even if you're purchasing, that's a very inexpensive um, food to make. And so we were then just going to kind of have everything that you might eat with chili. We were going to do hot dogs and buns and chips and cheese and, you know, sour cream and just kind of all of it. Cornbread. We were 
And again, those are all fairly inexpensive things um, in order to feed a big group of people. So I think, um, you know, don't be afraid that it's going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars to host a large event. There are definitely ways to get around that. Yeah. And another way, you know, uh, that's kind of, it can be inexpensive. It's just appetizers and small bites. Um, you don't need to have, you know, a huge meal. Um, a lot of people, you know, are, are, are totally satisfied with just a few, a few little appetizers, uh, throughout the evening, um, just to, you know, tide them over. Sure. If your event is just going to be a couple of hours in the evening and it's really not about dinner, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that, that might be, um, like a, a middle school graduation, you know, or I don't know, just something like we, I, you know, I know our daughter in, um, middle school had a graduation and it was during the evening, you know, so if you're going to have some people over to your home, that might be a great, um, opportunity to hit Costco or Sam's and, you know, just get some packages of appetizers and some easy desserts and, you know, it's a snack. People are just kind of coming in and snacking and celebrating Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and then I think, um, you know, the other thing is depending upon if it's a family based event or what that might look like, I mean, potlucks are great. You know, we always just want to say that, that if you're having a large family event, asking, you know, your family and friends to bring a dish Mm -hmm. is a great way to go. And they love it. You know, I know that was one of the things that when we started doing the 4th of July party, we really modeled it after the Christmas party that we had experienced with our friends in Idaho. And we wanted our 4th of July party to be a place where People just came and had fun. They didn't have any responsibility. They didn't have to bring food or fireworks or the, you know, their, their biggest responsibility was to bring a swimsuit and towel for their kids. (laughs) And and that was it. And so that's where we started with that event. The first time we held it, I think we probably had about 40 people. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and then every year it just grew and grew and, um, People the first year were like, oh, let us bring something. Let us bring something because that's a Kansas mentality, you know, especially. I mean, I know there are other places that have that strong (laughs) mentality, but Midwestern, um, you know, mentality is what can we bring? And so um, we were like, no, just bring you. We just we just want to serve you, bring you. And it's like the first few years, we really got some pushback on that. People let us bring stuff, let us bring stuff. And it's like, you know. Now it's like, we're so excited. We can't wait to come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like the, there's been a shift, which is what our desire was. Yeah. But ultimately, people are happy to do a potluck. And, and there's definitely a time for that. Um, and then, you know, catering. You certainly can cater your event. This wedding, we are catering. Um, we did decide to, um, you know, think outside of the box so that it was an economical yet still elegant and pleasing food option. Yeah, and part part of that was that the venue that we chose, uh, it was it was a requirement that that you had a licensed caterer um, in their facility. So, but to be honest, I'm now very happy about that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then ultimately, we're going to wrap this up with calculating a budget. After everything we talked about last week, and then what we talked about this week, you should be in a place where you can begin to really calculate how much what you're desiring to put on is going to cost. And then at that point in time, once you get that final number, and we will go into more detail on this, then you can determine, is this a number that I can actually afford to spend? 
Or do I now need to look at the disparity between my want to and my can do? And how do I bridge the gap? And so we'll be getting into those details in coming episodes of Grace to Gather. So thank you for joining us today on Grace to Gather. And our hope is that in this season that we maybe inspire you to, uh, to try out putting on a large event, maybe for the first time. And we thank you for uh, following along with us. Uh, please like and share on social media. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on this journey of hospitality. Please like, follow, and share us on social media. For more information, you can also check out our website at gracetogather.com. Join us next Wednesday for another episode of the Grace to Gather podcast.